It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Pit Pass Radio, America's weekly motorcycle talk show. I got me a date with some of the motocross. Up around the way. Your source for weekly updates on what's happening in the world of motorcycle racing. You know how fast you're going? Industry news, trends, the people involved. I'm Ricky Carmichael. This is Kevin Schwartz. This is Josh Timoth. This is Kelly Smith. This is Travis Latron. This is Jeremy McGrath. And now, Pit Pass Radio. All right, high five. We're back in hour number two of Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. I'm Tony Wink. With me is PJ Dorn and Roman Avila. Producers of the program are Jack and Leanne DeLeon, and our contributors include Tommy Boy Haverson and Chris Bishop. Hour number one, we had Aaron Plessinger on, Kyle Redmond, and Ryan McCarthy from Rhino Power. Hour number two, we're going to have Bryce Prince on, Colby Carlisle, and uh, those are two real fast guys on uh, two wheels, by the way. Super Sport Class and the uh, AFT singles. Um, the uh, Still also to come, we're going to talk about uh, the MotoGP in Thailand with results, and uh, we're going to talk to AF with the AFT series flat track, New Jersey and the series uh, results there. And then the upcoming world Superbike race in Argentina. That's this weekend. So that we've got a lot of cover in this hour. We'll get right to our first guest. If we, if we can, Jack, please bring him on. He is, uh, the fresh Prince of Bel Air, Bryce Prince. Fourth overall in the Moto America super sport class. What's up, man? How are you? Hey, good. How are you guys doing? We're good. You like being called the fresh Prince? Yeah. I mean, if it sticks, I guess. <laughs> well, you're fresh. Very solid 2018 with a fourth-place finish in the Moto America Supersport class. You scored two podiums at Pittsburgh, right? And constantly running with the front guys, especially towards the end of the season. So I want to congratulate you on a, on a solid race weekend, a race year and uh, talk, I want you to talk about your uh, your confidence and your racecraft as it improved and increased as the season progressed. Yeah, you know, this year was a very interesting year for us. Uh, right a month before the season started, I actually found myself without a ride. Just some stuff fell through with a team that um, I planned on racing for. So it was a very tough deal for me. And, you know, as things progressed, uh, I was able to jump on board with KWR and Kyle Wyman and put a good program together on the Yamaha R6. And just, uh, you know, I think the results really started shining towards the end of the season. You know, I had no testing time at all and just trying to get the bike sorted was very tough to do. And, uh, yeah, so it's been a huge progression for me. And this year was really, really tough. And I think we really shined when, uh, we had all the odds against us. So, yeah, that's not an easy thing for any rider in any form of motorsport to uh, start the season without uh, a plan or without a, a direction that's very clear for you. So kudos to you again for uh, starting with a bit of a deficit and turning it into a very respectable season, Bryce. Uh, w- with that said, I mean, what is the next season looking like for you? Because it sure seems like in the number of events I attended this year um, and with the recent announcement by Scott Russell that uh, he's going to hopefully be doing something with Moto America. There's a kind of a teaser video out there I hadn't mentioned yet. Um, Scott Russell's offering to 
do what he can for the sport, and that's great. Again, more evidence, more evidence. The series is going the right direction. Bryce, you got plans for next year? Yeah, you know, uh, the last last three weekends, we really got everything sorted, and you know, to be honest, we we were the only only team in person that was able to compete with those top three in the super sport class, being uh, Hayden Gillum, JD Beach, and Valentin. And, you know, I think we really showed what we can do once we had the bike set up. And uh, we actually have, yeah, I've had expressed interest with some potential teams for next year that, you know, we've been talking to and trying to sort some stuff out. So next year's looking good. You know, I can't really say too much right now, but we're definitely uh, definitely on the radar to be racing next year in the Super Sport class. You can tell us. We won't tell anybody. Yeah. Yeah. We keep everything like that under our hat. Yeah, we just, you know, I mean, it's... uh, my mom listens, but other than that, it's just, you know, it's just us. Yeah. Uh, CVMA no, I, stuff. I can promise you it's going to be exciting. So. You you going to do any uh, CVMA stuff at Chuckwalla? Uh, no, not unless we go out there to do any testing. Um, I think, you know, typically I would do club racing stuff, but this last year we've kind of phased that out unless it's for testing. and just wanted to focus on recouping some funds because that was tough this year and try to get everything in line for next season that's our main goal so if the teams want to go test out at those events then we will be but if not then no we don't plan on doing any club racing before the next month america season so bryce you're a relatively young racer when did you actually get started how old were you when you when you first started uh beginning uh the the career that's led you to this point so I started road racing when I was 10 and my first bike I raced was a YSR 50 you and everybody else, it seems like that's a yeah. common that's a common theme. Um, the moped. Did you do some dirt biking before that? Yeah, I rode dirt biking a little bit, and to be honest, I, I wasn't really that good. I was I was okay, but nothing special. And I really took to road racing much better than I did dirt biking. I guess uh, jumping just wasn't my thing. I guess I don't know. You should see Roman, who's here in the studio with us, talk about not good. He is. <laughs> And actually, Peach is worse. Oh yeah, I was gonna say, and I'm actually worse. Peach so. is pretty good at doing track days on a, on a sport bike, but I'll tell you, he on is a dirt bike pretty painfully slow. I wouldn't even say necessarily. I wouldn't pick on you for being slow. You just have a knack for hitting things that are way out of the way, like that. Yes, I do have uh, target fixation issues when I'm off oh, the road yeah, race course. He does just he holds his own on a track day, you know, at the locals anyway, and uh, some club racing, but. Uh, not so good. You know, a lot of guys start in, in dirt bikes, though. Uh, you know, obviously in off-road and that kind of thing. And then, you know, and, and obviously the flat track, when we talk about that, the coalition, you know, there between flat track guys and, and road race guys. But uh, so you strictly just, you're pretty much a road race guy and, and start on the on the 50 and then worked your way up, huh? Yep. Yeah. You know, I raced against people like Tommy Aquino. And actually, once I moved up to 125s, I actually had had josh heron's old 125 so we just uh continued moving up through the ranks with all those guys and uh ran the winner championship when i was younger and then moved up in the 125 and then did the red bull rookies cup deal you know back in 2008 when they had it in the united states and that was very good and then pretty much ever since that year with the rookies cup you know we've been in the ama paddock of some sort since 2009 so it's awesome. So when you when uh, Kyle Wyman kind of came to the rescue with you, <coughs> excuse me, with a ride, <coughs> excuse me, on the KWR six, um, 
how did that relationship between you and him and, and the team and crew, everybody progress over the season? And did, did it, uh, does, as the, you guys start to gel, did that affect race results, you think? Yeah, you know, first, you know, like I said, I can't can't express enough gratitude for Kyle and thank him enough. He's a very hardworking guy, and, you know, he puts his own program together himself, just like I've had to do this season. And, you know, we had expressed you know, interest together, and it actually, you know, came together from Gary at Speed Demon Motorcycles, who is a very good friend of mine that I do business with, who was Kyle's crew chief this season. Wasn't my crew chief, but, you know, so that was where the relationship all started, and you know, Gary spoke nothing but good things about his team. And, you know, we kind of just, at first Kyle was, you know, I want to focus on my own deal, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, eventually we kind of came to an agreement that made sense for both of us. And I think it was, you know, beneficial for him having me there. And it was good having him there, you know, for me as well. I wouldn't have been able to make it happen this season. So. And is, is his brother still racing in his program alongside you? Or is that uh, yeah. moved around? That's changed a bit? Yes, so yeah, it was just me and Kyle on the KWR team, and then his brother Travis rode with uh, on the Weir BMW with Steve Weir. So they had their own deal and their own transport and all that stuff. And then Cody, I believe, he didn't do any Moto America events, but just miscellaneous club racing. So you you, you previously stated, just want to make sure I heard you clearly, you're done with uh, any probably, uh, you know, the, the club racing amateur level stuff uh, unless it's specifically designated to be a test session yes you know that's the plan i mean every once in a while you know we'll, we'll give phone calls that people want us to go out there and do some club racing stuff and help out and promote but you know the main objective for me now is to focus on my career and try to you know we we want to fight for the championship next year at super sports that's what we want to do and we know we can so you know we're just trying to keep everything focused and uh like last season i actually had a I actually did a series down in the Caribbean, and I won that championship. On- Ooh, that sounds nice. Yeah, so they actually opted for me to come back in November, but I decided against that because, you know, I wanted to play it safe and be able to focus everything I had for making sure I'm fit and healthy for next year. Go ahead and send them my way. I'll be happy to ride the banana boat over. <laughs> All right. Hey, Bryce, you were talking about earlier about, uh, you know, kind of recouping some funds. The ta- the, wow, can I spit this out here? The Daytona 200, um, is that something that you, you, you've thought about or something that you've done? And, you know, that could help uh, pay some bills off. Yeah, you know, uh, I actually, we have been toying that idea around. It's been brought up multiple times, and I know Kyle himself has expressed interest in writing it himself, too. And, you know, we've kind of... We ha- I have thought about doing it, and my my two crew guys that were with me, Chris and Lewis, both are strongly for it. They they really want me to go do it. So uh, if the opportunity's there and every you know all the cards line up and it doesn't conflict with any you know sponsors and stuff we have going, then yeah, we're definitely in. So that's big news. Um, so we, how does that go? So we we've seen numerous of Moto America. Uh, regulars um, make it one year, not the next, and then guys that never miss it ever. Uh, we can count those guys. Danny Eslick's one of those guys, it would seem. Uh, J.D. Beach is generally always there. Uh, do they get that in their contract, do you think, or is it, down, is it down to the rider? Is it down to the team? 
I, you know, I think it's down to both. I think, uh, you know, it, it, being a high-level athlete in Moto America, all the guys there don't, you know, on those teams, they're really tied down to making sure that they focus on the Moto America stuff, you know. A lot of people putting in money see that as a risk, going to race against something that doesn't really count for the season, you know what I mean, besides bragging rights and a little bit of money. So it's definitely a tough call. And, I mean, for instance, like what happened to the Beast, the Beast fell down and really hurt himself and wasn't able to race the first couple of races. Definitely paid. Uh, wow. definitely impacted the series think, and his results. Exactly. Do you think the promoter could do something with that event and make it, even though it's not going to be part of the series and and it's you know it's a different format and everything? Do you think there's something that they could do that would that would make it a race that you got to go to? You know what I mean? Like because money, more money. No, I hang on though because that's it. Yeah, the money for sure. Okay. Oh. Well, I mean, like we see the Monster Cup this coming weekend in motocross, and it's not a points race, and it's it's a super dangerous race, in my opinion, I th- for Supercross because it's Sam Boyd Stadium, and I'm not a huge fan of that place because they go 65 miles an hour down Monster. You know, they, they're shooting radar, and they're bragging about how fast they're going into a wall jump. You can and, win a million dollars. Yeah, it's not happened much, though. <laughs> but I, but you could, you know, they could uh, – that's true. Yeah, that is a lot of money. <laughs> it's a uh, lot of <laughs> I might take this season off if I win it. There's a of lot of guys that you know are not, and they know they're not going to win the million bucks, but they still show up. But the money's still good. It, it, the payout's still there. I mean, it, it, and the exposure in and of itself. For it, sure. And, and, not, and not to jump off onto a different tangent here, but if, if the Daytona 200, which is... You know, talked about race events. Historical. Yeah. Still arguably the mo- one of the most historical motorcycle races right. in the world, although it's losing its luster rather, I mean, I wouldn't say quickly, but every year it's yeah, less, a Im- less. It's a little bit less important than it was. I think they got to do something to kind of rejuvenate yeah, you know, the I race. It, I think if it, uh, if, if it had more money in it and more spectators and it was still covered on live television, I bet you, yeah, you'd see a lot of factory teams there. Yeah, and I just, I, I feel like we're really, we're at the crossroads. Uh, Emoto America is doing what they can with uh, their series, the series you're competing in. And again, we here at Pit Pass believe they're going in the right direction. Uh, everything I've seen at the racetrack is wonderful. Uh the number of competitors, the level of professionalism, everything in the paddock, it seems to be going in the right direction. But they, they, you, nobody can disagree that it could be a lot better. And I want Kyle, no. I want, I want uh, Kyle, uh, I want the Fresh Prince to uh, to comment on that because it's, it's, you know, you see uh, Scott Russell getting involved, you know, and stuff like that, and it's there's a lot of. There, there's a lot. There's a long ways to go. My, they have a tough road to hoe, and they knew that when they started it. But it seems like they have a long ways to go. Nobody's arguing that they're doing a great job, and they're doing it's a hundred times better than it was. But it seems to me like it, it still is a long ways from from being very successful. Would you agree with that? You know, I do. Unfortunately, and you know, I love this sport, and I've been in it a long time. And it's not just it's not just the sport of racing itself, you know, but the whole industry and the market of bike sales and the way everything's going, obviously, isn't what it used to be 10 years ago. So I think all of that is just a piling effect of not being able to have enough money to do it. It's very tough. So, 
you know, I think uh, you always hear everyone complain about not having enough money to go racing. Obviously, that's a truthful statement, but to an extent, you know, there's there's a there's some grounds to where you can make it work. It's just not going to be up to par for what some people are expecting out of it. You know, I I think too that um, there's uh, uh, with with uh, motocross. You know, we were comparing it to motocross. The uh, the energy drink companies are huge in motocross, and you don't see that as prevalent in in Moto America and uh, in road racing. And I think there's an opportunity there. You would think, and I and I realize they're they're involved with the teams and that kind of thing, but you don't see Monster blasted all over everything. I mean, we saw it this past weekend, the Monster Energy Motocross of Nations. You know, if you didn't like looking at Monster logos, you wouldn't. You'd be sick, but look, looking at the sport of motocross. But road racing is not that way. I mean, you see it on some of the athletes and the racers and stuff and the teams, but the team trailers for sure, and their and their yeah. hospitality tents and things like that. But it's not as is it's they're not as involved as they are in motocross. And I think, you know, I don't know if you put the cart before the horse, but it seems like there's an opportunity for energy drinks to be more involved with a series as a series sponsor. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, they're they're definitely not as involved as they are in motocross. Um, I'm sure they have their reasons, you know, but I, I don't really know exactly what those are. But, you know, there's a lot of people that I can agree with that are involved in the off-road stuff that are not involved with the road racing circuit. Right, yeah. And there's a... I guess I just... They, they're probably better at doing the numbers than any other probably company out there, right? Yeah, I think uh, I think the off-road market just seems to, you know, the industry's, uh, you know, they sell more bikes, they sell more tickets, you know, there's just more money and there's more more, more viewership and all the TV stuff and all that than there is in road racing. So, you know, that, I mean, if you're a business, you know, they're going to they're gonna look into like, well, you know, if I spend the same amount of money here, I can reach more of an audience. So I think that has a, you know, our sport's not as big as the off-road stuff. I, was, I think that all of all of that makes it much more difficult to find people that want to invest money into the sport and all that stuff. Bryce, I, I agree. I think the biggest thing is the exposure, and I hate to say it, but I, I think unless you're in MotoGP, um, the exposure you guys, however, is growing, and it has grown these last few years um, with the series, but I just... I don't think it's there yet for them. The exposure's not there, and, and that's what they thrive off of. Um, and I think until we get to that point with, you know, the Motor America series, it, it, it's probably going to be on uh, people's minds, but not uh, in the pen yet to sign the contracts. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. You know, in, in road racing right now, it's uh, unlike – but I think motocross might be a little different. There's a huge deal with, you know, the riders and trying to secure sponsors for funding for teams for themselves and stuff like that. And that's not how it used to be. You know, there used to be big money sponsors involved with the teams and the team search for riders. And right now, you know, I hear it here. It's that time of year when everyone's trying to make stuff happen for next year. And I hear it a lot with, uh, even quite successful people in the industry that are like, you know, I can bring money from these people or these people to try to make, you know, make it, make it make more sense to a certain team. You know, some writers will cost less. So 
obviously they're looking at that when their budgets are really thin. Bryce, how old are you now? You're you're still a pretty young racer. I'm 26. So you're you are I mean right in the middle of what I would consider probably the Moto America average right about now. Uh, with yep. what with Josh Hayes falling I was off say, the no, average, Josh, came, <laughs> <laughs> Josh Hayes was, heading out the the average came down a bit. Uh, yeah, we haven't we haven't put, we haven't dug at him all the whole show. So I yeah, know good, it's good about job. time. Yeah, about time. Uh, and I haven't even brought up Johnny Rock Page yet. Oh, I know. Gosh, <laughs> I'm <laughs> sure I'm sure they were they were bummed about it until just now. Bryce, uh, you a big JRP fan? Uh, I, I know Ozzy Dave quite well, and he did a lot of stuff with Ozzy Dave, and, you know, I never really got to know the guy, but he, uh, he seemed very, uh, unique. Oh, I love that it. That is the most diplomatic a- answer anyone has ever been given. Do you remember when he was going to run for president? <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember, I remember it all. I remember oh, it all. I remember, the, I remember that when he's going to marry Paris Hilton. Yeah, yeah, flying a banner over L.A. <laughs> she didn't even know him. <laughs> yeah, it's oh, awesome. It is awesome. He's going to call me. He's going to still have my numbers or something. Oh, and he's going to – Everybody hears gonna, us on the air saying his name, and he'll, he'll actually think you care. He's going <laughs> to think you care. That is kind of his curse and uh, uh, no disrespect intended. If, if uh, he hears his name, he is a firm believer in uh, P.T. Barnum, was it, who said any press is good press? Or? I honestly miss the guy. I, I miss – we had him on the show. It was awesome. I mean, it was – it's just Inter- entertainment, yeah. You know? Entertainment, and I can't find the payout for the Monster Cup. I've been sitting here pecking away at this thing for. I know it pays a hundred grand if you don't win it all three. Well, but you, could, you can go look at last year's results and see. Yeah, that's true. Maybe hmm. so. Well, Bryce, uh, we're happy for you. We, we're glad that you got a lot of positive things cooking in your in your uh, program, and and sounds like you're. Hey, you Bryce. Know, sorry, Tony, but real quick because. Uh, how soon, Bryce? Are we going to hear the news? How soon? What are we thinking? Couple weeks, month? Um, I'm hoping by November. Oh, that long? That's yeah. couple. That's a couple three weeks. Oh, man. But that's yeah, that's pushing it. You you just get on the bicycle and start pedaling and hoping that uh, it's going to all work out. Uh, yep, exactly. You know, you gotta you know keep keep. You can't push too much, but you know you gotta try to try to make things happen. And uh, hopefully, you guys will be able to. Hear me back on the show soon, and I can tell you what I'm doing. So, right on. Well, good luck to you, man, and congrats on a great season. Yeah, thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right, Jack, take us to break. We're gonna be right back here. We've got uh, oh, Colby Carlisle's coming up next. Flat track race. We'll be right back. This is Pit Pass. This is Chris Peace McNeil. You're listening to Pit Pass Radio. In it to win it. Hey, everybody. It's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V Rubber. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato and this is Pit Pass F1, a brand new podcast that'll take you closer to the action of the world's most prestigious motorsport. From Monaco to Miami and Australia to Azerbaijan, Pit Pass F1 is on the ground and has you covered. Esteemed F1 journalists Julianne Serasoli and Chris Medland will take you inside the sport every round. They'll keep you up to date with the latest news breaking in Formula One and the most influential views shaping the world of Grand Prix racing. Every Friday, we'll be bringing you a track guide and race preview, and Chris and Drew will be in your feed every morning from Saturday through to Monday to keep you up to date on all the day's action on and off the track. 
So if you want to be in the know on the latest in Formula One, subscribe wherever you get your favourite podcasts and visit us at evergreenpodcasts.com. Pit Pass F1, a brand new show for Evergreen Podcasts.